anyone listening, in this podcast series, we speak with key players who are sharing their experiences and insights on the current sales landscape. My name is Paige, and here today with our host, Joseph Fung, is Mark Bergen, head of sales at Shopify Plus. Born out of Shopify, the world's fastest growing commerce platform, Shopify Plus powers over 3,600 high growth merchants across the globe giving them a customizable solution without the need for large investments. In this episode, Joseph and Mark will discuss the awesome company culture at Shopify Plus and why 2018 should be deemed the year of the sales coach. Let's get started. Thanks so much for sitting down with us. Uh, you've had such a great career in sales in, in so many different roles. We'd love to uh, you know, hear a little bit about your journey. How did you land at Shopify? I stumbled into sales kind of way back when and was never really intentional about my thought of um, becoming a sales leader. It wasn't until I was probably in my early 30s with Vision Critical that I saw, I actually had a mentor who I looked up to and thought, you know, maybe this is a career I want to get into. So Vision Critical was a great run. I did 10 years there and that taught me a lot about sales leadership and developing teams and going global. And so when I left them in August of 15, I had, um, I, I specifically took six months off to meet my kids again after a lot of international growth and travel. Uh, my wife went back to grad school. And while I was looking around on the street, I actually got a call from uh, a recruiter who was looking around on behalf of Shopify Plus. And my first reaction was, no, 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 you're, you know, you're public company, you're big, you know, I like ups, you know, I want to find the next company that's going to be Shopify, not you guys. And they said, no, come down to Kitchener's, have a look what we're doing. It's really interesting, the Shopify Plus thing. And so I came down and had a look at it. And it was basically this amazingly scrappy upstart surrounded by Shopify, which is arguably one of Canada's best and, and top companies. And so the end of the day, you looked and thought, like, I'd be an idiot if I walked from this thing. I got to give this a go. And so, yeah, that was a journey into it. You, you gave this fantastic talk a couple of months ago on uh, kind of disruption and the changes in retail. You know, I'd love to hear how you're, you're leveraging those larger disruptive trends to grow your organization and your sales. Yeah, it's, it's interesting as we um, grow. I mean, Shopify is very much taken over and really dominated and changed the landscape of online commerce, really by offering a SaaS platform, which is easy to digest, you know, immensely secure and scalable and just easy to use. Uh, and I think in sales, that's we should emulate that. We should be easy to buy from. We should have a lot of empathy for the people we're selling to. We shouldn't make things complicated. And so really on our side, we spent a lot of time looking at our sales processes, the people we're talking to, how we're approaching them, the messaging, the co- everything from the first email you may send or the first voicemail you may leave through to what does our contract look like? What are we actually asking them to contract and why? And are we actually making this easy for them and helping them better their business and make it easy to buy. So it's been interesting kind of looking at what we do in commerce and translate it into how we actually sell and how we deal with our merchants. So so thinking about that, that's a Mm -hmm. a very detailed set of actions and decisions. And that's contrast to an entirely kind of self-service sale, which Shopify came from. So what's what's that like building out such a a sophisticated sales organization so comparatively late in a company's life? Yeah, it's... it's, uh, uh, it's been interesting. I'll say that. I mean, on one side, there's been a lot of trust building we had to do within Shopify that I had to do that. Hey, this is a new way of going to the market. And I think Shopify has done such a wonderful job building an amazing brand in the marketplace. It really stands for something. It stands for entrepreneurship. It stands for making commerce better. And I had to go and, and frankly meet some people in the organization and help create trust that was you know, we will take care of that brand and we'll continue that brand forward in what we do. On the flip side of that, like, man, come on, I get to build a sales organization in like Shopify. 
which has probably one of the largest, strongest brands in our space out there who has an amazing technology and incredible technology stack. And so there's a lot of things when, you know, you spend your life building companies and you are always struggling to just get enough resource or attention or build things. I'm blessed on the other side, which is I have this wonderful machine called Shopify and this incredible brand and this incredible brand awareness and marketing and all of those things I can leverage for the growth of Plus. So yeah, it's been wonderful. That's incredible. I highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) So you you, you touched on the the key word there, growth. And, And we talk to a lot of our, our customers and our partners and, and thought leaders around how they manage growth, uh, you're publicly traded. So I won't ask about the plans or the forecasts, mm-hmm. but what did, what does recent growth look like for you guys, uh, especially in your organization? Yeah, it's um, it's frantic. It's fun. I think it's it's fairly well known. We Shopify Plus is, uh, we're entering into our fifth year right now. We have um, over 3,600 large merchants right now on the platform, which starting from a standing start is a pretty remarkable achievement in a pretty short period of time. For us, growth is, you know, we're living in a world of always hiring. I'm always looking for interesting talent. And so there's, you know, the obvious growth challenges that you'd expect with that, where do we find talent and, you know, recruit and train, et cetera. But also just as the business and the market around us matures and a Shopify Plus matures and our offering matures and the market changes with technology with, um, you know, frankly, even just the adoption of e-commerce more broadly across the globe, even the way we go to market and build sales teams and think about how we want to approach the market, that continues to change. And so it's interesting. I feel like every six months, I feel like the sales model that we've built needs to be adjusted or rethought out again, or we need to add a dimension to it, just given the the growth and the way the market changes around us. Not just the rapid growth, but the rapid change that you talk about makes makes the people side of things really, really difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, what are, what are the things that you really pay attention to when you think about you know, attracting all those salespeople and then, and then growing and nurturing that sales talent. When you look at acquiring talent, it's been interesting. The sales team we have, um, like a lot of technology companies, SaaS-based technology companies is younger. And what I found is culture is very important to them and understanding where they want to take their career and investing in them is important. And so we spend, yes, there's obviously a lot of time we spend just out in the market space talking to people, trying to attract talent, make them aware who Shopify Plus is and what our model is. But internally, we spend a lot of time on culture. I'm very focused on, you know, do people feel like they have a home? Do they feel like they're learning? Are they developing? Um, Are we investing in the right ways in them? And for some of the people who come in, hey, this may not be their place and that's okay. And so for those people that come in and they, you know, they work hard, they try sales and decide it's not right for them. Where can we put them? How else can we use them in the business? And can we ensure that we have a nice path out of sales, perhaps into other areas of the business? And likewise, we have other areas around Shopify and Plus where we're constantly talking to other organizations or people who may be interested in trying sales. And can we actually help create a nice path for them into sales and invest in them and see whether or not it's a career they want to take? Because as you and I well know, it's a great career. So Shopify Plus, you said five years. And for a lot of startups, you know, while they're in their, their fifth year, culture still means, you know, staying late, maybe land mm-hmm. parties and beer in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could, you could see even just from the office here that there's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. When, when you think about designing that culture, nurturing it, what are the things mm-hmm. you guys really hang your hats on? One of the things I actually love about this company is... From the top leadership right down, there is a real sense of we make commerce better. If we are not making a merchant's life better, then we're not doing the right things. And so one of the things we set out right from the get-go was to say, yeah, we want to win. We want to be big and bad and you know be the best sales organization we can. But we're going to do it by delivering the best merchant experience possible. And so, yes... Of course, you know, we celebrate numbers, we've got aggressive targets, you know, we do all the usual, you know, a lot of the usual things you'd expect. But we actually spend a lot of time talking to merchants and celebrating merchants and celebrating our merchant success stories and inviting them in to talk to 
um, to come in and actually talk to our sales team. We send our sales team out to talk to them. Uh, we do lots of events with our partners that are focused around, you know, celebrating success. And so I find those things are important because it actually creates more of an attachment to the work that's being done here beyond simply I get a paycheck. If it's a paycheck, there's another paycheck down the road and now I have to play that game and I don't want to. I'd much rather play, hey, we're actually making a difference in people's lives. Um, and when you get out and you hear the stories of some of the merchants we work with, it's stunning and inspiring. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really amazing. That makes make it very easy to, to kind of attract salespeople because they're talking to those wonderful customers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also dropped that comment about giving people the opportunity from other areas of the organization mm-hmm. to move into sales. Well, mm-hmm. What would be a common you know source? Like, what would be a common path for someone into the sales organization? It's interesting. What I found is, I'll, I'll diverge a little bit off here. What I find is there's a lot of people in um, sales. It's interesting. You meet a lot of salespeople and they... You know, you talk about, hey, what was your path in sales? And no one, there's, sorry, I shouldn't say no. There's very few who have this nice, great linear path. You know, I woke up one day, decided sales was my career. I went to school for sales. And, you know, here I am now 10 years later being a salesperson. Most people kind of accidentally jumped in and bounced into sales. Mm -hmm. Because I think in a lot of cases, you know, we don't take it serious yet as a career, I think, often in society and at the educational level. And so when you look at, you know, what make great salespeople, you know, drive and dedication, competitiveness, empathy, curiosity, um, you know, care for others, all of those components, that exists all over the place. And I find there's a lot of people that in the organization, maybe in a support role, maybe it's a safer place. I'm in marketing, kind of experimenting, understanding what value propositions mean, et cetera. But that sales thing is kind of interesting. And I'd like a chance to try that. And so I'd like to create opportunities for people to come over and say, sure, let's give it a whirl. Try it out. If it doesn't work, no problem. I totally understand that's okay. Um, and we've done that and we've seen uh, some wonderful salespeople come out of it, come out of our support organization, come out of marketing, come out of other areas. That's fantastic. Giving, giving people that opportunity to really grow and flourish, uh, it must be so rewarding and, and, and just, just fosters great loyalty as well. Fantastic. It, it does. The other thing, you know, frankly, on a just a complete self-serving side, the more people who understand sales and are empathetic to it, the better. I had a, a great story. I had a sales enablement woman who is actually still in the business. And a year and a half ago, she raised a hand and said, you know what? I'm teaching this stuff. I'm not sure I really get it. I'd like to join the sales organization. So she didn't. Wow, that's yeah, great. Crazy, that's eh? That's awesome. So she joined. She said, I'll give you a quarter. She carried a bag. We treated her like every other salesperson. She had to give updates, had to build a pipeline, et cetera. She ended up closing a few deals. And she came out of it at the end of it. She looked and said, oh, shit, guys. Like, I thought I knew what I was talking about. I actually didn't know. And I have so, I, like, her level of understanding, her empathy, her ability to relate to salespeople when it comes to teaching content now, night and day. So, so is it fair to say that, that you endorse the idea of sales enablement professionals spending time cutting their teeth in sales? 100%. And marketing and support and finance and HR. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I, I love your comment. You said it, the more people who know what it's like to sell, you know, the better it is for the, the company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where, and you talked about giving people that opportunity to move out of sales back mm-hmm. into other areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where are some of the places that your, your reps have landed? Yeah. So for us, um, we've actually had a whole variety of areas. And so likewise into support, et cetera. One of the nice things of, um, you know, one of the luxuries we have within Shopify and Shopify Plus is we're just a rapidly growing business. And so, you know, a business unit that didn't exist six months ago exists today and we need people to go in and seed. And so I've had people that have moved internationally and started to help out opening different areas of the organization, move into solution engineering, move into support roles, move into merchant success roles. Um, and so we've seen actually business operations, and so we've had salespeople move into lots of tangential areas around the business, either because just expansion, just there's need and they have a real interest in it, want to try it out for a few years. I think it's an interesting move for them or just new divisions, new areas of the business opening up. And we need to seed them with people who understand how to sell. Fantastic. Now, and as you talked about people learning how to sell uh, and you, you mentioned your sales movement team, 
Shopify Plus is a more complex product mm-hmm. than your Shopify offering. Uh, and I mean, that comes with many integrations and offerings. Yeah, how do you how do you approach training your salespeople mm-hmm. to to help them be more effective with such a complex product? Mm-hmm. It's a great question. In fact, we came into this year realizing that often with a business that grows this quickly, sales managers and sales coaches often get forgotten. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time, and I will answer the question, but we spend a lot of time focused on the reps, but we sometimes forget that a lot of coaches and managers used to be direct contributors. Now they're put into a management position and actually that's a fundamentally different job and they're often poorly supported. And so internally this year, we've kind of named it year the coach. We're spending a lot of time with our coaches, helping them be more effective coaches and managers to their reps. For us, when we bring reps in, we go through a two week, it's a full intensive, they go through a complete onboarding, right from kind of who Shopify, cultural values through to plus why we exist, competitive you know, positioning, value propositioning, all of that stuff. And then they start their integration into the actual sales world. There's some job shadowing that goes with it, um, and we kind of build them up. And that continues for about four months, mm. where they will start to integrate themselves into the role that we're asking them to do. But they'll continue to come back out of the field. They'll come back in for ongoing coaching, ongoing teaching. They'll do some job shadowing along the way. They'll work with our solution engineering. They'll work with our support organization. So they get a more rounded view of the business. But we will look and say, we don't have a rep that we're really confident to say, yeah, they're ramped until we get to about month six. Okay. So, so with a, a lot of organizations, they struggle with how they manage kind of variable compensation and targets yeah. with that ramp period. Yes. You know, and they're often in tension, these two different motivations. How do you, how do you balance those? There is always, I think, for reps, um, and it's a, it's a reality of the work, which mm-hmm. is in many cases, we're variable-based paid people. And yep. you know, there's a, a pay-for-performance side of the business. And so we have reps that want to get out into the business. I think most of what we see is you know, the reps that are hungry will accelerate through it fairly quickly. And when they're going through that four month process, they are performing absolutely the role of sales. Mm -hmm. It's just that we're continuing to give extra coaching, extra support. We are pulling them out of the field to continue to do some upskilling with them. The people who have a long-term view of sales and the people that we actually really like to invest in, they get it. Mm -hmm. They know. Yeah. I'll take, you know, I will take four or five hours a week right now in the classroom because in four or five months, I'll be that much better for it. Um, and then everybody, to some degree, has their own speed through it. So we see people will be closing deals within months of joining. Some will be slower ramp into it. But we find if we invest the right amount of effort up front, you're way better for it in the long run. You alluded also to the idea of having a self-service commerce origin mm-hmm. you know, change the way you, you thought about crafting your sales journeys and the customer journeys. Mm-hmm. Or is there anything specific that comes to mind when you think about how you might be selling differently? I'm not sure if there's anything necessarily, you know, revolutionarily unique in what we're doing. We do a lot of experimentation internally. I'm very interested in new techniques around, you know, AI, around enablement, around um, business operations and lead scoring and finding better ways of assessing where we should spend time and eliminating the things we shouldn't be doing that are just not fruitful uses of time. But I think long term, when I look at kind of scaling businesses, you know, what eats away at me a little bit is in a linear way, we're a very human centric business. I need to add X number of deals next year. Therefore, I need to increase headcount by Y. And that's the standard. Every sales manager, every VP of sales will go through that every single year as they yeah. try to work on their forecast for next year. I actually would love to get to a world where it's like, I need to grow by X. Therefore, I don't need any new people this year. Uh, or I figured out how to do a self-service model or 50% of the sales process happens through a buyer center and they need to engage with us only for the last contract, you know, contracting component or similar. So those are the pieces that kind of consume me a lot more right now and doing experimentation around that. How can we get just that much faster and not necessarily to remove the human element, but to make the human element that much more efficient. 
So when we think about the human elements, uh, you know, one of the things that we hear is a kind of a need to have to be an enterprise sales rep and successful at Shopify mm-hmm. uh, was to have uh, energy and a wicked work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sales is a 24-7, 365 operation. You know, what, is, what does that mean for, for you guys? Yeah, for us, there's a reality of it, which is, you know, sales is a difficult profession. We know that. There's absolutely a side of sales, which is, you know, we have quarterly numbers, we got monthly deliverables, and they're measured very cleanly, very accurately, and they're put on a board for everybody to see. And that's intimidating for a lot of people. And that's the nature of sales. And so I'm not going to pretend that doesn't exist. It exists. Welcome to sales. The difference, I think, in it is I see in a lot of salespeople, there's a real stark difference between sales is my job and sales is my career. And we're always looking for the A player. Every organization wants all A players. And the reality is it doesn't happen. We end up with a lot of people who are really good salespeople. And then we end up with a handful of people who are just unbelievable salespeople. And we all want to emulate them. We want to pay them well. We want to retain them at all costs. And we'll fight tooth and nail to bring them into organization. And I think part of it is that job versus career. And so I see salespeople will come in. They're happy to work hard. They'll put in their nine to five, maybe even eight to six. They'll do what needs to be done, but then they're done and they're checked out. Thanks very much. Versus sales career where you can just, you see the difference. They're the ones that come in and, you know, on a Sunday night, you're getting a note saying, hey, I was just reading this book. How do you think this applies? Or I was, you know, on my own time studying Challenger Sale or Sandler. I just read Spin. What do you think about? Or they're reading a Forbes article and they have a new idea on how we perhaps could, you know, take advantage of new technology, new systems. Those are the people that I think are just amazing. Uh, And so to a degree, by putting stuff like that out, yeah, we're trying to self-select a little bit into, you know, I'd love to find those people who come in and say, like, sales is my career. I love sales. I'm passionate about sales. I love what I do. And I live it. I'm going to be the best I can be at it. Those people are amazing. You know, when you you think about taking people like that and and Mm -hmm. kind of giving them the right tools and, and getting out of their way. You know, in, in many ways, Shopify has been so successful because they've automated a lot of routine processes in commerce and, and you know, fulfilling product. What do you think about when you think about, you know, the automating the you know, areas of the workforce and giving those high performing sales reps kind of better tools and, and more mm-hmm. efficient opportunities? Absolutely. It, we have to. It's a, it's sales is very labor driven. It's a human centered activity. It's a costly activity in most organizations. And there's a lot of variability to it. You know, why is sales hard? Sales is hard for a lot of reasons, but one of them is because at the end of the day, you don't make the decision whether or not the person buys. You are wholly dependent upon someone else to make a decision. And that makes it very difficult. And so I think anywhere we can help reps and we can help the organization assess where to spend time, where we're wasting time, common questions, common answers. I've never worked in an organization that doesn't have a problem with knowledge management. I've never worked in an organization where the same damn question gets asked every you know four weeks by the new person on saying, hey, do we have a case study about X? Hey, what's the pricing for Y? Hey, does anybody know, you know, does this integrate with us? They're common questions in the organization. And so we need to find ways to surface that in a more intelligent, thoughtful manner and start breaking some of these just cycles you get into. How do we lead score more effectively? How do I ensure that when you make that call, because I say this is the right one to call, that we are 95% certain this is the right person to call and not 9.5% certain it's the right person to call. Get those those right answers first time, every time. Absolutely. So just a, a couple of a quick questions and then uh, you know, we'll let you go. Thanks again sure. you know, for the time. I love hearing how you, you think about these systems and the, mm-hmm. the patterns in your organization. When you think about those managers who are working day to day with their frontline reps and are now looking at moving up in their career, mm-hmm. you know, they want to try and look at things more systematically or more broadly. You know, what advice do you have for, for a sales manager that's looking at taking that next step up? It's interesting. We've been talking a lot internally within Shopify, actually, and, and within Plus about how we support the growth of leaders. 
because it's a very difficult job. And it's one that there's a lot of great books on how to be a leader. It's actually hard in practice. And a lot of the things that we're trained how to do, which is kind of that frontline job, we get really good at a craft. And now we have to move to people management Mm -hmm. or the question you're asking. Now I need to go from managing the frontline people, which at least I understand the craft. Now I got to be a leader of leaders. What does that look like? And that's very difficult to do. And so I think for um, a lot of people, there's a lot of changes that go into it. And, and I think as you continue to move up in organizations, the scope of the or the vision, the breadth of the vision you need to have for the organization changes drastically. You move from dealing with, you know, I'm an individual closing these many deals to I'm running a team closing these many deals times seven to I now have to run an organization. Think about what that shape of that thing looks like next year and how we continue to develop it. So I'd say that's one. I'd say number two, get close to numbers, make numbers your friend. Uh, most businesses are very tied to numbers. And if they're not tied to numbers, go find a CFO and they will tie you to the numbers very, very quickly. <laughs> um, and if you're not tied to numbers, you'll have a very difficult time with it. So find, you know, get close to numbers and better yet, find someone who understands numbers really, really well. And the other one I learned is, and I think I'm still learning to some degree, is there's this sense, I think, with a lot of leaders that, you know, you're kind of alone. You have to do it yourself. And I think some of the best managers are those and the, some of the best leaders are those that actually recognize they don't have to do it themselves. But I actually know the person who you should talk to because they're better at this. And they're really great. I think the best, one of the best mentors I had in my career um, was that guy. He was just fantastic at ensuring he didn't have to have the answer, but he knew who did have the answer. And he was happy to make a warm introduction to get the answer. That's fantastic. So one last closing question. Sure. I know I promised I wouldn't ask about <laughs> Shopify's plans. Uh, but let me sneak around that. What about your sure. plans? Uh, you've got this remarkable opportunity, these mm-hmm. really wicked challenges what are, the, what are the juicy problems that you, you're working on next? One of the appealing parts of Shopify and Shopify Plus, one of the reasons that when I stepped back end of day, it just made so much sense to sign with these guys and, and to come on board and to help build this thing out was the vision they gave was we don't want to do things like everybody else. We're determined to be a 100-year business. We know how to be a 30-year business because there's all kinds of businesses that are 10, 20, 30-year businesses. There's not a lot of 100-year businesses. And so part of the challenge that the organization has given to all of us in leadership positions and I have in sales is don't just do it the way everybody else did it just because. Explore, experiment, try to find new ways, break stuff, see what happens. And so there's lots of dimensions to that as we continue to grow. We've touched on a few through this podcast and this conversation. And so clearly there's a lot of interesting things there, as I mentioned, kind of playing with AI and finding more interesting ways of bringing intelligence to the organization. The second one is, is just elevating sales as a craft, I think. You know, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of people who kind of fall into sales and not many people who deliberately come into sales. And so um, I have a bit of a side mandate within Shopify Plus of helping our region help raise profile of sales within the region, working with universities, helping professors who are thinking about adding sales into their curriculum, helping them think about what that could look like and helping to promote that. And um, I think, you know, for all of us to continue to grow, we need really, really great recruits coming into sales who understand what an amazing career it is. And so one of the big juicy problems is figuring out how to continue to do that. Well, in terms of elevating the craft, I mean, even just the, the insights, the comments you've shared today have been absolutely incredible. So thank you. Thank you so much for continuing yeah. that mission and for spending the time with us today. Thank you. It's been interesting. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Sales Leader Spotlight. If you like our show and want to know more, please check out www.kite.ai slash podcast or send us an email at info at kite.ai. Join us next week for our final episode of the season when Joseph will speak with Jackie Murphy and Mercedes Geimer on the relationship between sales and marketing teams.